Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We need to start small so we can build some trust. Come on, connect with me. Connect with me. See, I know that a relationship with God is the most important thing. But if you don't, if he's not the king of your heart, amen, if not the king of your heart, it's a dysfunctional relationship. It becomes a dysfunctional relationship. It's all about, God, what can you give me? If you don't give me, what I want. I don't know if I'm coming back. Oh. <laughs> Come on, we're in church. We can handle this. God called us. We can handle this stuff, right? We're good, right? So, so it's, it becomes a dysfunctional relationship because he wants to be the king of your heart. It's hard to take our thoughts captive when something else is sitting on the throne of our heart. Because those negative thoughts will actually make sense. But if you, if God sits on the throne of your heart, it's easier to take those thoughts captive. We all have some like ridiculous thoughts. How many wake up with like ridiculous thoughts? Like, what in the world? I'm supposed to be saved. Like, really? Like, something's wrong. But the word does tell us we need to die daily. Right? So we need to just die. We wake up, just die. Die. Yesterday wasn't good enough. Today you need to die better. Die better. That's what God said to us today. Die better. Right? But it's hard to take our thoughts captive if we have something else that's controlling our hearts, something, something else that's the, uh, the, uh, sitting on the throne of our hearts. It's hard. But, but when God is sitting on the throne of your heart and, and you have certain thoughts, like we all have them, like, this doesn't make sense. This is, this is not God's character. This is not who he is. Why am I thinking this way? No way. Let me get rid of this thing. Let me throw this out and seek his ways. Throw this out and seek his ways. Throw this out and seek his ways. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Come on, give God some praise. The throne. Say, God, you sit on the throne of my heart. You sit on it. Come on. Say, God, you sit on the throne of my heart. Come on, if to, just tell him right now, if it's not pleasing to you, take it out of me. If it's not, look at my heart, God. If it's not pleasing to you, take it out of me right now. Yes, God, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna die better. We're going to die better today. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? So, how do... Small beginnings become big endings. Small beginnings become big endings. Well, he must sit on the throne of our hearts. Secondly, it starts with a sense of urgency. It starts with a sense of urgency. See, it doesn't start, your small beginning doesn't start 
with the vision. It starts with urgency first, then the vision. Small beginning starts with urgency and it ends with vision. Urgency must precede vision. Without urgency, a vision will not take root. So if you read Nehemiah chapter 1, so Nehemiah heard that the walls were, were coming down and, and it, was, uh, it was really hurting the, the, the people there. And when he heard the, the news, he, he, he heard that the, the people there were broken and, and were going through uh, so much stuff. He just, just read, I'm just paraphrasing Nehemiah 1. And, and so when he heard about it, it, it grieved his heart. He started weeping. He started fasting and praying. Amen. So then when he took the trip to Jerusalem, he started walking around the area, walking around. And he saw the brokenness. So he gathered people together. So he first had to get, get their attention. He had to get their attention because he had to get their attention. He had to address the real issue. The real issue was the people were broken. The people were broken. So he just say, we must do something about it. We must do something about this. So he talked about the urgency of, of rebuilding the people before he talked about the vision to rebuild the wall. So it was the urgent call to rebuild people, people, people. If we get lost sometime in vision and vision and we lose sight of the people and churches across America are notorious for this. We have such big vision, such big vision. Then we forget about once we start having that growth, we forget about the people. We forget about the people. We just become programs and, and things like that. But what about the people? What about the brokenness? What about creating a safe place where people could come and get healed? What about the people? So we need to be in the job of rebuilding lives, rebuilding families, rebuilding marriages, rebuilding ministries, amen, rebuilding businesses, amen. So we need to be in the rebuilding um, um, a, a phase. We need to be in a rebuilding call. Are you with me? Yeah. It's not, it's not, so you have to have the urgency before you cast the vision. You have the urgency first before you cast it. It's half, it has to be about people first. Amen? Because when God, when you get closer to the Lord, when he becomes the throne of your heart, he will always give you a burden to serve. He will always give you a cry. He'll always give you a cry. No lie. We heard a cry all the way from Connecticut. We heard a cry all the way from Connecticut. God said, I need you to build up people. Amen. Build up people. And it's like, why? why? We got to come all the way to Texas. Well, all these churches here, great churches doing great things. Amen. But it's the cry that God's calling us to respond to. It's not about the building. I want to build in, but it's about the cry. Yes. I want to build and trust me for we could do great things in the building, but let's not forget about the cry. Let's not forget about people's brokenness and amen. We need to re rebuild people's lives. Amen. That's what church is about. That's what it's about. I don't want us to get off fancy, 
getting in a new building because the big ending is coming, amen. But let's not forget about the cry of the people of why we're here, amen. Yes. Amen. It's to rebuild lives. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. So, so Nehemiah responded to the cry. He started with the urgency, not the vision. So Nehemiah grabbed the attention, pointing, pointing out the brokenness. Amen. He attracted others to solve the problem by helping them see the disgrace that God's people were in. Amen. The urgency was to rebuild lives, and the vision was to rebuild the walls. Amen. So we need to con continue to have that sense of urgency, that urgency to serve God, to, 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 to respond to a, to a cry. Amen. Let's not get so distracted on other things. Amen. Because so, the urgency does create discomfort. And nothing wrong with a little discomfort. Amen. But when people fail to create urgency, the vision they articulate will be met with apathy. So many people live our lives this way. They avoid taking a risk and significant challenge and discomfort rather than living to win. Living to win. We win when we win souls to the Lord. We win when we rebuild lives. Are you with me? Yes. Let's not forget about the cry. Amen? I know. So, we, so God is telling us, let's not forget where we came from. Come on, how many remember the times that you were broken? What God saved you from? I always remember that. Amen? So I don't try to hesitate to minister to, 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 to people. Amen? We can't pick and choose who we minister to or not. God will always send us, as a church, God will always send us broken people. He will always say, see, we want to minister to people that kind of got it together. We want to, we want to pick and choose who we invite into our lives. No, God will always send you someone that's broken. Someone that's broken. He will always send you someone that's broken. Get ready. Get ready because you can be a part of their small beginnings and then you celebrate when they have the big ending. Come on, let's get ready for what the Lord is doing in this church. Is this exciting? Are, are, are we good? I cannot wait. See, by creating urgency, people um, garner attention for a vision that attract the right people and provide the necessary motivation for the hard work of, of implementation. That's why complaining is so unattractive to the Lord. It's really, it's just really, it doesn't look good. Like complaining, I know sometimes when I'm complaining, I'm just, I just, I don't know, I'll make this type of face when I start complaining. You know, you have to make an expression when you start complaining. It's like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know why they, I, I don't know why they tried to, I don't know why they said that, or why they doing this. They, 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 I don't know why they, 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 they. It's the spirit of they. It's the spirit of they. I don't know why they do this. I don't know why they do that. Who's they? Who's they? Because you are part of they. You are a part of they. Right? You have to make a certain expression when you complain about, about, about something. Like complaining is very unattractive. Amen? So you would not attract the right people and the right solution to, to resolve a, your problem. You would not attract the right people or the right solution to, to, uh, <coughs> to, uh, to resolve your problem. All right? right? It t so what it does, what complaining does, it empowers the problem 
and disarms its purpose. So, yeah, it empowers the problem, but it it disarms its purpose. Its purpose is to provoke you to pull out what God has called you to do. What God placed inside of you is designed is to, is to provoke you. The problem doesn't have the power. You do. You do. You have the power with inside of you. Amen. Because God is on the throne of your heart. Amen. So whatever you sow, whatever you plant in godly things will come out. Are you with me? So so the problem, any problems that we have, right? Any problems that we had, let's not disarm its purpose. It has a purpose. Whatever God will send you, whatever problem that you may have, God will use it to get the best out of you. Yes. He will usually get the best out of you. Amen. Take a step back when you have a problem. Amen. Diagnose the problem. Be like, you, you can be able to tell God will give you discernment. Is this from the enemy? Right? Well, first, no, 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 no. Because the enemy is enemy. So did I create, <laughs> did I create this problem? Wow. Is this problem of the enemy? What is God telling me in this problem? What is God trying to do to me in this problem? What is God trying to pull out of me in this problem? How is he using this issue? What is he trying to get out of me? Amen? Because if it's me that's creating a problem, then I need to submit more. I need to yield more. Amen. It's something that I'm not doing. I'm starting to create problems. It's a, I'm starting to create patterns of ungodliness. Oh, wow. Right? So I, need, I can stop it right now. So if I'm creating this problem, I need, to, I need to just stop. Right? And I need to yield more. I need to submit more. Right? But if, if it's the enemy, that's like great. If the enemy is sending you a problem, you're on the right page. You're on the right path. That means it's, the, it's for a purpose. Because he had to get permission from God. He had to get permission from God, right, to attack you. So that means it's designed for a purpose. Don't disarm it. Don't disarm it. But you know that the enemy is under, under your feet. So that means you have more power. It's just within you. God's trying to pull that out. Is this okay? Are we, we good? Amen. So... Urgency, we need to have that sense of urgency. God needs to be on the throne of our hearts. So, the third and last way small beginnings become big endings is we need to adapt to God's ways. We need to adapt. The more time we spend with Him, the more our perspectives align with his. See, we have, naturally, we have a separated view of, of God or, or, or the world. Amen. God, God wants to give us a reverse view. It's that kingdom view. It's that his view, right? Because the Bible says that 
His ways are not our ways, and our ways are not his. Amen. So he's trying to give us his ways. He's trying to give us that reverse view. Amen. So we need to adapt to his ways, not get so technical. Right? Get so technical about things that's going on in our lives. We get so technical with life. Amen. We try to figure stuff out all the time. Like we, we try to become our own experts. I'm the last person I want to be the expert on myself. Because I remember in the days I thought I was an expert on myself. No, 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 no. I'm not going to get technical. No, 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 no. I need to, I need to adapt to God's ways. It's a, it's a phrase in, in the business world where it says you cannot take a technical solution into an a, a adaptive challenge. Right? A technical a solution into an adaptive challenge. You, 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 can't, you can't do that. See, the technical is defined as those that can be solved by the knowledge of experts, right? Whereas adaptive requires new learning. So, so, God, so God's requiring us to, to experience new learning, new learning, not our old way of learning. When you give yourself to Christ, amen, you give up. You divorce the old you and you step into the new you. So that means you need to learn new ways. You need to adapt to his ways, adapt to God's ways. You learn new ways. Amen. See, our technical minds does not align with God, with God's adaptive ways. Are you with me? So usually our technical solutions comes from our past experiences. Amen. And so you, you can't bring in the, those old, old um, um, experiences into what, what God's um, showing you now. Amen. Because it's usually the stories that we created in the past that we bring into the, in the future. Amen. So it's usually those stories that we, we've curated in our minds. Amen. Uh, from our past experiences and things like that. So God wants to us to adapt to new ways, a new way of thinking. That's why the Bible always says we need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds. Amen. And that's like a daily thing. I mean, how many get, we, we just talked about, it. how many get challenged with your mind? Amen. It's the, where the battlefield is, right? It's being attacked with your mind, our thoughts. So we must renew our minds daily. Are you with me? See, adaptive work will require a change in a person's attitude, behavior, and habits, right? You will become more like God and less like you. <laughs> Less like you used to be. Amen? If your small beginning is being met with resistance, ask God, what attitude needs to change in my life? What's, what attitude needs to change? In Philippians 1.27, it talks about whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I mean, no, no matter what happens, we need to conduct ourselves worthy but we need to represent the gospel at all times. At all times. Like even in the secret place. Even in the secret place. Because that's who you really are. Is in that secret place. Right? When you bring all the issues. Right? 
and, and, and spend that time with, with the Lord. It's like how you respond in your secret place. It's in your secret place. Amen. So that at all times we need to conduct ourselves. Like we need to represent the gospel. Amen. No matter what changes, no matter what trials and tribulations that we have in our lives, we need, we need to, 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 to be worthy of the gospel of Christ, no matter what. So what, what behavior that needs to change, God? What behavior am I that, that needs to change? Amen? I say this all the time. If you are still the same person 20 years ago, I want you to come to the altar But we should be different. I'm not saying we shouldn't struggle. <laughs> right? We're all going to face a battle. But something's got to change. Something's got to change. And it's okay. It's okay. Right? I know it's a process. It's a process of change. But the only way something is a process if you start the process. <laughs> See, God, God wants to be on the throne of our hearts. That's it. If he's on the throne of our hearts, we will adapt to his ways. We always live life with a sense of urgency, right? sense of urgency, just like we care about people, like we care about people. And we know this, and I, I, I'm sure I can say this, and I'm sure that you all agree with me. If you do not like people, it's hard to be a Christian. It would be hard to be a Christian. No. Look, like Edwin always says, you can have Christianity. You can, you can have being a Christian. I'm, I'm a believer. Yes. <laughs> right? So a, 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 a believer, it's hard to be a believer. That means you're a believer of God's ways. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? So it's hard to be a believer of God's ways if you don't like people. I hear it all the time. Well, I don't really like people. I'm like, shh, this is at work. I hear it a lot at work. People, you know, the so-called Christians say that they don't like people. I say, oh, I don't really, I don't like people. I'm like, shh, don't, don't tell nobody that. <laughs> You're messing it up for everybody else. Because <laughs> we're supposed to like people. We're supposed to be in the people business. Right. Yes. We're always called to people. Create a safe place for people. Share the gospel with people. Share his goodness. Met a gentleman, Mike, Mike, Michael, out in the floor. He just said, I just, I want to share that goodness. He talks about how he spent times with the, with the Lord. He's got to share that with people. Like, we have to share God's goodness. His goodness with people. We have to like people. We have to like people. If he's on the throne of your heart, he will show you how much he loves people. Yes. And you won't be able to help yourself. <laughs> you, walk, you get delivered. Walk, oh, I love people. I love people. I love people. I love people. 
ongoing joke. Seisha said when I f first met her, she, she said, I said to her, I didn't really say it like this, but she said, she said, I just love people, I just love people, I just love people. I didn't really say it like that, but I'm glad that I, we actually had that first encounter that I told you that I love people. But when God is on the throne of, of your heart, right, you won't be able to help yourself. Don't help yourself. You will fall in love with people no matter what happens. God will prepare you to deal with your stuff no matter what they have in their life. We all have a past. We all have a background. Right? We don't need to compare backgrounds. Right? Oh, well, so you're worse off than I am because you did this or you did that, whatever. God's looking down and saying, no, y'all all alike. All y'all alike. They're filthy rags. Die better. Die better. Die better. Right? We don't need to compare our backgrounds. We all need Jesus. How many need Jesus? Oh, I'm in the right place. This is a great church. We all need Jesus. It don't matter what our backgrounds are. It don't matter what sin we committed. It's a matter of the big ending that's coming. Right? The big ending that's coming. Big endings. So how do we, how do we, how do small, how do small beginnings become big endings? God be on the throne of our hearts. Everything will grow. It's that seed. It's that seed in your heart. The kingdom of God in your heart. It will grow. Godly things will come out of it. Are you with me? Come on, stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.